Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Spreadsheets, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, couldn't Help, help but, but Wonder. wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. O-M-G. Jamie Amanda Lee. We are back in biz. New year, new us. Welcome to 2020, Rose. Welcome, Jamie. And Skylar and, and Brett. Everybody in the room. Hello. Jamie. Shalom. How are you? I mean, I'm great, but also more importantly, how are you? Oh my God. Don't don't I'm gonna one up bat you. it back to me. <laughs> Wait, Jamie, last time I yeah. had seen you, mm. I had never been to Asia, and oh. you had never been to Copenhagen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I I am definitely, or I was a Carrie when she dashes off to Europe in later episodes, because that is exactly what I did over the Christmas holiday. I went to Copenhagen and Berlin, and How I just want to shout they? out Fabulous. I want to shout out our listeners who... Um, we're suggesting those places and um, just in general, everyone was so nice in even just offering up ideas of places to go. And yeah, you guys are just really nice. And thank you for reaching out and even giving a shit about where I went on vacation. Um, but yeah, they were fabulous. Copenhagen is such a great city and even more so such a great city for Christmas because Tivoli Gardens is just the most magical place I have ever been. And I do not say that lightly. The way they... She doesn't just throw magic around. I really don't. I mean, truly whimsical wonderland. The pictures on Instagram were so fun. They don't even do it justice. Like, first of all, Tivoli Garden, very old. It's sort of like a, you know, staple of Copenhagen. They're very proud of it. Everyone who lives there, they all have like, you know, annual passes. And it's it's like... What is it? Is it Disneyland for them? I guess. I don't fully know but it's a park and then they've it is a theme park within this beautiful park but the the way it is organized and the architecture it doesn't feel like oh you're just here to ride rides like for example there's like a ride that's underneath another ride and when you look up it's like every angle is amazing like you look up and you're like oh just the way 
the ride looks on top of this other ride, like the way that the beams are organized and everything is just like very meticulous. Excellent and the, beam organization. Honestly, excellent. Not, yeah, 100%. Did on you the, yelp this? I mean, I can't even tell you, like every single angle is just magnificent. Like it's just like an architectural wonderland. It sounds like an wonderland. Instagrammer's paradise. Yes, and Experience It Live is even more phenomenal. And it was just incredible. And on Christmas, nothing is open in Copenhagen. I mean, nothing. Like, barely a 7-Eleven. Like, you literally are like, are we going to starve? It's bad. But Tivoli Garden is open, and people go all day long with their families. And you're just, like, walking around, drinking mulled wine. There's, like, little, like, these tiny little cottages all throughout, and they're selling, like local arts and crafts and so there's kind of like this fun shopping element and then you go do the rides and you eat and there's a bunch of like really amazing restaurants within the park so unlike Disneyland where it's like let's get like a fucking turkey leg you can go and have like a lovely sit down delicious dinner um, at Tivoli Garden so yeah shout out to Copenhagen and Berlin was great too but in very very different ways so uh, are Danish people tall and gorgeous is that a stereotype or am I thinking of Sweden? I think it's more Sweden. What do Danish people look like? Very blonde and I would say um, hot or sort medium? of understated features. Okay. Um, I don't even know if it's blurry? more. Yeah, they're a little. <laughs> yeah, kind of blurry. <laughs> <laughs> a little fuzzy. Um, yeah, soft focus. It's like um, if you kind of squint and don't see very much, like that's what they look like. I would say it's like a very strawberry blonde people. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, is that is less that tall? End of sentence. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Yeah. Were you noticing hotties or not? Um, not. Okay, because I feel like some countries I do. In Spain and Italy, I was that's like, different. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Spain okay. is hands down the most attractive people I've ever seen in my life. More yeah. so than Italy, I would even argue. And what about Berlin? Hotties? Not really. Berlin is so eclectic. Everyone is from everywhere. Um, So, yeah, it's just like more metropolitan. And um, yeah, but Berlin is interesting. Just anyone who's interested in going to either of these places. Berlin is definitely worth visiting. I mean, the princess is so cool. Yeah. So that was kind of my reason for wanting to go. Um, I am a Jewish woman. I do feel conflicted about what happened there. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of you people mean the wall I know. falling? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I loved that wall. You know, I really love a good wall. It so. goes with everything. Yeah. But I definitely was like, you know, for Holocaust reasons, I was like, I don't, you know, Germany is not the first place I want to visit, if I'm being it. completely honest. No, people are like, you should, you should move to Berlin. I was like, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I will say Berlin is, it's one of the strangest places you'll ever visit because by day you are going to see where the Nazis literally like started everything you're seeing where you know places that Hitler built or helped build um so and it's all you know this all happened less than 100 years ago so it's all very fresh still and you really feel it it's very palpable but then by night they have this amazing sort of unprecedented crazy nightlife and there are these clubs there did you guys go to clubs we did on new year's it was great i actually went to two clubs and i do have a story about it but i don't know how much well let's just fucking do it we'll do yeah some, we're catching well, we're up. gonna do some heavier catching up at the beginning of we this. haven't talked to each other or you guys yeah, in a long time yeah so basically the club scene in berlin is very interesting because one thing i love about it is it doesn't it's not just for young people people of all ages go that's really which amazing is really amazing intergenerational clubbing absolutely can you even like believe people, people your mom's age yes that's awesome. It's incredible. I love that. That part's incredible. Here's the not incredible part. Uh-oh. It is 
it is such a scene that people wait for the the sort of more notorious clubs. People wait up to like four hours no. to get in. And even then you could be rejected by the bouncer. Did you guys wait a long time? No. Uh-oh. Um, we found a club that was pr- rated pretty highly on Yelp, which is where you go to learn about Yelp. what's cool. Notorious <laughs> Berlin clubs. But they were accurate. It was accurate. It was also on a couple of like travel lists, but you did could you pay wear, to get like, in. A rubber so that's dress what I did. or something? No, but I kind of wish I had. I definitely did wear all black. Um, but I think the club that we went to, people were kind of dressed however. But there is one club that's very famous called Bergain. And if you wear any colors, I mean, they literally look at you like you fool, step away. And they, but you even hilarious. then don't get in. It's very, very possible you won't get in. And it, it's I've heard all of this lore of like it has to do with, you know, your 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 personal look. It has to do with whether you're straight or gay because Bergain technically is a gay club. Mm. Even though everybody gets in. And then also it has to do with like how the the mood that the bouncer is in that night. It's like a very famous sort of you know, will you, won't you That's situation. That sounds really sex in the city, actually. Yeah, it's kind of fabulous in a bizarre way. So did you and Dan, like, dance to EDM for, like, four hours? Yes, it was so fun. Did you guys it do drugs? It was so fun. No, it was just so fun. The you DJ guys were was high on life? High on life. I mean, the, the room that we were in, the main dance room was quite small. And so, and oh, that was another thing. Everyone is so respectful of your space. Like, even though it was cramped, there was no, like, elbow to the ribs, you know, someone stepping on your toe or like banging into your purse. Like there was none of that. I really wish you did like a small video of you I and Dan- of dancing. Yeah. I need to see some European dancing. Yeah. The last thing I'll say, and I think that uh, this, well, this is a, this is a sexy story. So I feel like it applies to our Sex in the City podcast, which I promise oh we will resume shortly. Um, but I want to hear about so many other things that you're, that you experienced while I was gone. But anyways, um, so there is a club in Berlin called the Kit Kat Club. It's a famous sex club. Mm. And we happen to be staying around the corner from it. And I only realized where we Did were Did Dan staying. happen to book you guys at a club around the corner from no, it? No. But no, because this was another club where the line is wrapped around the block and I, it's freezing outside. I'm like, there's no way I'm standing in that. But- On New Year's Day, they had a day party, and I was not intending on going, but Dan and I walked by at like nine in the morning, and there was no line. I was like, Dan, I got to go in. Also, I want to write a script kind of about this stuff. So I love morning clubbing. Yeah. So I was like, I got to go in. And Dan was like, okay. And I was like, I had heard that Kit Kat Club, you have to be pretty naked. Otherwise, they're going to look at you like you're insane. Like, it's not that you have to be. That's kind of fun. Yeah. You need to be, like, pretty stripped down. Yeah. Like, bra and underwear. I mean, you go to the gym, like, 17 times a week. This is mine as well. Here's the thing. I don't have any of, you know, I don't have any pleather with me. I didn't have any dog collar. I had nothing to You did not come to Berlin prepared. No. So, I go in. I'm wearing a turtleneck. (laughs) And and I'm wearing pants with long underwear under them high wool socks and nikes and every other person in there is in like pleather bondage did you think about maybe stripping down to the turtleneck and no because i happen to be wearing a nude bra if i was wearing a black bra i would have just taken off the turtleneck i was so pissed at myself (laughs) and i was like i can't walk around in a nude bra like i'll look naked yeah i'll just look like i'm at a like a dressing room at nordstrom (laughs) like it's just not a good look it's not a hot so my my fix was to push my 
the bottom of my turtleneck up into my bra to like show midriff. Oh, I, I looked one. like a narc. Like every person <laughs> like was narc. staring at me. They were like, what are you doing? Like no one's wearing clothes but you. Wait, Literally no one. You were there to be like, uh, know where I can find the drugs? And Dan waited outside and I was like, I gotta go in. It was like my mission. Wait, did, why didn't Dan want to go in? Because we, I had also heard that if you go as a pair, there's less of a chance of getting in. You were like, bye Dan. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta go in because so I want to write about this. No, he was like, oh, please just go and I'll like go get a croissant and come back. So yeah, so I just went in and I did a couple of laps because I was like, I got to see this. Did you do a couple like moves? No, not really. I just kind of walked around and you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a sex club. I'm like, was it hot in there? Physically hot? No, because yes, physically hot. hot it was well, physically steamy wheels. in there. That's because you're like I was wearing wool socks. Away. Yes, yes, and there is a pool in the center of the club, Ew, like a full blown, yeah, nasty, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you was go kind of like a pool and you sauna. There was kind of a sauna heat happening, a very wet heat. Anyone who goes into the pool at the Kit Kat Club is risky. Oh yeah, I saw a girl dive in, and I was like, no. <laughs> So gross. But yeah, I didn't see anyone having sex, but I did see like people making out. I don't know. It was just, it looked really fun. And I was kind of wishing that I had like actually done a proper night there and maybe like waited in the line and done it up properly. Anyways, I want to throw it back to you. Who the hell were you? Um, Are you? Oh, good one. Um, Well, (laughs) quick change. Sometimes this gets really hard because. There are so many things those girls would never do. I know. And so I don't. You're none of them? Maybe I'm Samantha because she seems to take risks, she right? Would, yeah. Okay. Well, I think going to like a, a, you know, I think going to Vietnam and Cambodia, you know, I hate using the word third world because LA is technically first world and yet we have like homeless towns. Oh, yes. So yes. I don't know what we are, but um, yeah, to go, to go across the world um, by yourself for a couple of weeks. I thought that was pretty brave. It um, is. It's huge. I had an amazing time uh, for people who are interested. I'm not sure if I No, I don't think you talked about this program. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to go traveling. Um, I live in Los Angeles. My whole family is here, so it's not a big deal, in my opinion, to be here for the holidays because I can see them anytime. And then on top of that, um, I find the holidays with my mom kind of depressing. So I decided to give myself the gift of not being around her. By the way, I just want to say you inspired me. I don't live near my parents, but you inspired me to make the adult choice to take a vacation and not feel guilty about not going home. I'm really and I am going to see my parents soon, so it's okay. But sounds like you had a good it time. It was really hard to make that decision. So that was, was it worth it? I thank you. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm so glad. It was huge. Anyways, go on. So I wanted to go traveling, but um, none of my you know everyone has to go home for the holidays or whatever. People don't have money, right. so I was like, I guess I'm just going to go alone. I've never traveled alone before. And I was looking for where to go. I'm very into nature. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to Hawaii. But everything I read, people were like, if you go alone to Hawaii, it's going to be you and families and people that just got married. Sure. And I was like, that sounds like an actual nightmare and like very traumatizing. Yes. So I found these like group travel trips, but I was like, oh, that sounds cheesy. And then a friend of mine who's not cheesy at all, fabulous, has great taste, said that she had gone on this group travel trip. Via this company called Flashpack, which is solo tra- uh, traveling trips for solo travelers in their 30s and 40s. So you're not with a bunch of like 20 year olds that want to get like fucking ripped, even though all of the Europeans on my trip were full they are, alcoholics. They, they are a bit more in their 20s than oh we are. Oh my God, I've yeah. never seen adults drink so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were great. And so I just 
on a whim, signed up for this trip that was 10 days in Vietnam, four days in Cambodia. Such a nice length. It was great. I had no idea what to expect. Um, and I had the time of my life. Uh, I knew you would. I really did. And yeah, it's so I crazy because there was 14 of us. And we all got along like gangbusters. Like from the second we got there, we were just like all best friends. That's so interesting. When we started traveling around, people were like, oh, are you guys like friends for a long time? We're like, no, we met three days ago and people couldn't even understand. Like we just got along so well. And the trip was amazing. It was a great combination of like relaxing if you wanted to relax like Mm. we'd stay at beautiful hotels with pools and you can get a you know we all drank pina coladas all day every day but there was a ton of history there was a ton of um culture uh one of the most impactful um experiences for me was in Cambodia when we went to the genocide museum in the killing fields oh my god I learned a lot that I didn't know before um for those of you who may or may not know like in the 1970s this uh group called the Khmer Rouge took over Cambodia and they killed half of their people. Mm -hmm. So the population was halved and they started with the intellectuals. So scientists, doctors, teachers, lawyers were the first ones to be killed. If you wore glasses, they would kill you. So people would like throw their glasses in the bushes not to be caught. But then, and everyone had to pretend to be a farmer because their idea was that they wanted to go back to like a farming society and they thought that uneducated people would be easier to control. Mm -hmm. So anyone smart, they had to kill. Um, and so we went to this museum where out of 12,000 people, 11 people survived out of this prison. And we actually got to talk to one of the survivors. <gasps> yeah. Wow. And it's so crazy because we got to ask questions and then they would translate it. And I was like, when the Khmer Rouge was over, like, did the government like buy you a house or like pay you a bunch of money? And he was like, no, we get no. $25 a month. Oh, my God. And they've been like tortured. Like his whole family was killed, his wife, his kids. And you learned all this crazy stuff. And then when I got home, I did a lot of reading about it because it was just so yeah. riveting. And it's so crazy because our tour guide in Cambodia was the most amazing man. And mm. our tour guide through these museums was amazing. But I told my Buddhist therapist that I went to Cambodia and he's like, oh, I would never go there. And I was like, oh, why would you never go there? And he's like, well, after what we did to them, I wouldn't feel comfortable stepping foot in that country. And I was like, what do we do to them? Mm. And he's like, oh, we bombed the shit out of them, Mm. even though they were a neutral country in the Vietnam War. And we radicalized them. The Khmer Rouge was a direct, a direct consequence of us bombing innocent people and killing like hundreds of thousands of civilians just Mm. to send a message for them not to join the Vietnamese and become communists. And so like we went to these museums and learned all this horrible stuff, but we didn't learn at all that the United States basically like radicalized them. It's so, interesting they don't really cover that. Well, I e- I text, I WhatsApped my tour guide because I really liked him a lot. And I was like, were you afraid of offending us? Did you think that like it would turn off the tourists or like make us feel defensive? Mm. Because to me, it was really important to understand the context of the history sure. of it. Like it was such a huge part that was missing from the puzzle. Yeah. But it's wow. so crazy to be there and just have no idea that like your country had like a part right. of like. Right. But the craziest thing about Cambodia, I mean, the people are amazing. The food is great. It's a beautiful country. Uh, it's totally worth visiting. And I loved it. And they desperately need your dollars. So go definitely go, if, especially if you love history. It's a yeah. fascinating place. But um, it's also just so crazy because it feels like not a lot has changed. Like right. the people that perpetrated these crimes, like went to quote unquote prison, which is basically a country club where they like can do whatever they want. And even today, 
Like, I had questions about the current government in Cambodia. Excuse me. And the tour guides were like, that's a question for on the bus. Like, you can't even talk about politics in public. Oh, wow. So we'd be on the bus, and I was like, what's going on? And then the tour guide was like, well, they're used to – they're like a really, really poor country because they yeah. don't make anything. They don't have, like, technology or yeah, natural what's their, gas. Yeah, Rice, coffee. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what's the export? Like, rice. Yeah. They, they're very poor. And a while ago, like a few years ago, they used to have factories. Like like you used to look at your clothes or something that you bought at Pure Imports and it would say made in Cambodia because they had factories there. And for them, factories was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. They got paid more than farming. It was like a level up for them. Mm -hmm. And they had a government election like last year. It was completely fraudulent. A hundred percent of the ruling party won. And all the Western countries were like, that was obviously a fake election. We are going to stop doing trade with you unless you have a real election you will lose 2 million jobs. And they're like, fine, we'll lose them, bye. And what the government told the people who just lost like millions of jobs and desperately needed the money, they were like, you guys figured out a way to like survive before, you'll figure out a way to survive after. Like they do not care about their people. Mm. And the only other thing they really have going is tourism. And after the fake elections, tourism like tanked because people were afraid that the country was gonna like be a little unstable. So the crazy thing about going through the whole killing fields and genocide museum is you go through the whole thing and then you realize that like, Nothing's really changed That's that really, much. really, really devastating. Yeah. It's super devastating, especially yeah. because I became close to the tour guide who's like the nicest, smartest, coolest guy. And you just, it made me very grateful to be in the United States, even though we have a lot of blood on our hands, because sure. the glass ceiling for what you can do and who you can be in Cambodia is an inch off the ground. Wow. An inch off the ground. Wow, wow, wow. It really put in perspective, like the things I worry about in LA are like, am I going to win an Emmy one day? Like, yeah. am I going to fully express myself? Yeah. And it's like, oh, in other countries, it's like, is the government going to murder me? Right. It's also crazy to be in Cambodia because unlike the Vietnam War, every single Cambodian person in Cambodia is one degree away from someone who's been killed. Right. So everyone has dead family members. There's nobody who doesn't have a direct. And it turns out there's a little Cambodia in LA and Long Beach really and i'm gonna go there and like go to different wow. restaurants and stuff but that particular neighborhood like suffers like big time from like ptsd and Aww. trauma because of the war because they're all like came after the war wow. so anyway it was an amazing trip i'm making it sound like it was super no heavy. no 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 i know what you mean but i'm like an i really like to know about the world yes. and so we did so many fun things like vespa tours and food tours and sure. pools and pina coladas and all that but the history part was like my favorite that is probably i think that's the best type of trip yeah um, it was everything I, I mean berlin on a smaller scale well not on a smaller well yes yeah it's a city um versus a you know but um yeah i i thought i felt the same way where i was like i wouldn't want to just like go shopping and eating the yeah, whole you have time. to learn too yeah it's like what is the point of traveling all this way to not sort of understand exactly what's going on here and it, yes exactly and the the takeaways i had too is i felt really close to the group of people mm. that i was with we didn't talk about work once i barely know what these people do for a living Incredible. and we had the best time as opposed to the socializing in la which is like What's your IMDb? Tell me everything you do. Yeah. What are you working on now? What have you just finished? And, and also, it's like, you want to, I mean, I know that there's a great difference between Cambodia and Berlin, um, but basically bet twins. Yeah. But I mean, leaving the United States, you realize like how like materialistic, how wealth obsessed, how, yeah. I mean, we're always like, oh my God, like that's what it's like to like go to Dubai. It's like, no, we're also pretty bad. Like right. it's bad. I just really appreciated being around people, especially the Europeans who just like, 
You just it's have a beer so, and you exactly, hang out and it doesn't exactly. matter what you do. They don't even care. It's yeah, just there's not like a time, time. The timeline is is so everything's so quick, 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 quick in the United States. And then like you go abroad and it's like, oh, what time is it? Like there's actually leisure and breathing yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Taking I, pause. The, the, I think one of the best things about traveling is going to other cultures and realizing what you want to take from that. Absolutely. And what I really liked from that is like, I need places in my life where I'm not thinking about work. Like I can't work all day and then at night have dinner and just keep talking about work to people. Yeah. And I really appreciated that this group of people was able to just be so present and just like, yeah, I think it's actually the best thing about traveling. I don't even think it's like, I want to see the world. It's like, no, I just want to like get out of my bubble. Yes. At least once a year. Yes. Because there is so much more out there than this. Yes. And there's so many different ways to live and it helps you create the way you want to live. Absolutely. And then the last thing I'll say, and we'll actually get to the show, is another thing that blew my mind is, again, I have issues with using the word third world, the word third world, but just to just to make a point, it's crazy to me that I spent two weeks in two different third world countries who have like one millionth of the wealth we have and I didn't see one homeless person. Mm. I didn't see any screaming fights. I didn't ever feel unsafe. Within a week of being back in LA, I was in a coffee shop where Absolutely. a homeless person was screaming and flashing his penis. And it's like, it's so crazy how, yes, in some ways we are so lucky. And in other ways, I'm like, God, it's like I felt safer in Vietnam than I do in L.A. It's bizarre. I know what you mean. Well, L.A., I've never felt safe in L.A. It's not a safe city. No, absolutely not. It's yeah. like behind the times. No, it's like it's Renaissance like, Fair. It's like New York in like 1978. Yeah, it needs to like safen up. Yeah, for real. Okay, guys, that was guys, our extra long intro. So in conclusion, <laughs> Rose is a Samantha. <laughs> So if you just want to fast forward to 30 minutes in. Okay, guys. Yeah, we hadn't seen each other. We and had to. That was and very interesting. And yeah. yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yes, this is a Sex in the City podcast for any new listeners. And I know that's This is shocking. a travel podcast. Um, but no, yeah, this is sponsored by Condé Nast. But um, no, we are uh, a Sex in the City podcast. And today we are... Uh, we are taking on season three, episode six. The title is Are We Sluts? Rose, take it away. This episode kicks off with Carrie and Aiden at her place. It's going well. They've been seeing each other for a week and a half now and have gotten very good at making out in Carrie's hallway. Much to Carrie's disappointment, however, that's where it keeps ending. Aiden, mystery man that he is, won't sleep with her. He also won't tell her why. Samantha, meanwhile, is having no trouble closing the deal. At her place, she hooks up with her latest rando, greeting him at her door, sans shirt. When she heads out of her building the next morning, she gets some bad news. Turns out, her late-night guy was followed into the building. Is Samantha an accessory to armed robbery? Eh, not exactly, but her old fart conservative neighbors basically treat her that way. Sam doesn't want to talk about her life adjacent to crime at lunch. Lucky for her, Charlotte's really going through something. I don't think I can say it. Oh, get over yourself. Come on, sweetie, what happened? Well, 
when he, you know. Came, orgasm, shot his wad. Uh-huh. Shot his wad. You fucking bitch, you fucking whore. Oh. <laughs> Why would he say that? Maybe because you were fucking him. Well, it's true, sweetie. He didn't say it at the dry cleaners. He said it when he was in you. Do you think I'm a whore? Oh, please. If you're a whore, what does that make me? Do you think I'm a whore? Well, you have had a decent amount of bone in you. This is bad. Nobody wants to marry a whore. No, what's bad is that even Charlotte is having more sex than I am. What about Aiden? What about Aiden? I don't know what's going on. Clearly, he's attracted. We're spending a lot of time together. He keeps asking me out, but he doesn't want to sleep with me. Gay? No, he's not gay. Mother issues? No, I don't think so. Maybe his dick curves to the right. So if it does, we'll work it out. I'll go left. The thing is, I may never know. Well, you better be careful. You wait too long to sleep with someone. You miss the window and become just friends. As opposed to his fucking bitch, his fucking whore. Yes. So much. Am so much I a happening. Whore? Am I a whore? I know. I also find it a little annoying. I can't decide if it's Charlotte that's bothering me or the way Carrie talks to Charlotte, but I hate all the, like, sweetie talk with Charlotte. It's like, like she's five years she's old. She's your peer. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, why are we condescending to Charlotte, but also why is Charlotte acting like, Mommy, <laughs> Mama, guess what happened? I'm a whore. I'm a whore, Mama. I don't know. I just, it bothers me. It happens a lot in the series. Do you think she's justified in being upset that he called her a whore? Sure. I mean, sure, if it happened. But uh, I think what I love here is this is the first time that we acknowledge, or Miranda, I guess, acknowledges that Charlotte has slept with a lot of dudes. And I think that, you know, she's kind of had this Virgin Mary vibe for, you know, three seasons now. But it's a lie. It's a fucking lie. She sleeps with just as many people as everybody else. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just because you have a low ponytail doesn't mean you're innocent. (laughs) Just because you wear, like, polo by Ralph Lauren, it doesn't mean that you haven't, like, had some deep dicking on a consistent basis. Yeah, just because you're racist and you only date, like, Irish, like, lads doesn't mean that you're not, like, a filthy skink. Can we just say this guy's performance is hilarious? The way he kind of like vomits the words out, like he kind of is holding them back, and then he just like, mm, you fucking bitch, you fucking whore. It's so funny. What do you? I can hear see you thinking something, Sky. No, I was. Just, it it is so funny too to run back what we've seen of Charlotte too. Like she had sex with the Orthodox man. Oh she, yeah. Like she slept with the or she was painted by the guy who looked like Sean Connery recently. She slept with Baird. Like she's got an interesting history and yet she always she wants to walk it back. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what are, yeah, she's, she's afraid delusional. to say come. Like, yeah. I know. It's so odd. Anyways, I was really, it was really satisfying that Miranda's like, come on, like, like drop the real. act. Yeah, you sleep with tons of people. Has anyone, this question goes out to both of you, has mm-hmm. anyone ever called you a crazy name in bed before or like like said like something like, you whore, you dirty little blah? Mm, I don't think whore. No, maybe slut. No, no, I don't think so. No, I've never encountered that. Nobody's ever called you a dirty whore. Nobody's no, ever called me a dirty whore. Oh, my God. And I asked. You are. I, I bring it up at the top. I was like, if you could you at some point. Are. You just are a little bitch, a little whore. I'm trying to think. I don't. You know what's crazy? It's like kind of weird that three of us, I think we're pretty good looking. I think we've been around if you combine all of our histories. It's kind of weird that nobody has ever said that. Is it not common? 
Uh, listeners, will you DM us? You guys oh, are always yeah. so good about this. And tell us if people have called you these names because I'm starting to feel a little left out that I haven't been called a dirty name. Yeah, I mean, I think there are iterations of this. It doesn't have to be as on the nose as like bitch or whore. But I think even just like, oh, you like that. Like there's sort of a, there's like a, you know what I mean? Like there's ways of of having sort of this like demeaning sex, sex talk right. that is not as overt as slut, bitch, whore. I can't believe how many times I've said that already. Do you think you podcast. would enjoy it like once in a while? I think I would catch me off guard. Do I don't think, think I would like it. Do you think if I some, don't need I don't need to feel like demeaned. Yeah, I don't need to like be taken down a peg to get off. Like, I think that's it, just not I think it's that doesn't exactly work for me personally. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious, Jamie. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a little too close to home. It's like, yeah, I need the opposite. I need like mother of my children, person I want to be with forever. Yes, exactly. I'm going to make sure I die after you. Right, right, right. I respect you so much. Yeah. Yeah. You're so intellectual. I want everything about you. I can't live. Yeah. Tell me more about your trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm a reverse whatever this is. Absolutely. If somebody did it out of nowhere... Only if it was somebody that I was committed to and we loved each other. If like if it was like new in a relationship and somebody said that to me, I would be devastated. Well, it reminds me of if anyone is watching Succession or has watched Succession, you know, Kieran Culkin's character, um, he really needs to be like completely like demolished. Yeah, demolished to get off. And like it does to me feel like a thing you do or need when you are in a position of power. Like that is the only I don't want to say it's the only time, but I guess in my knowledge, which might be quite limited, that is who craves that kind of talk. Well, is someone who knows that they are not beneath anybody, that they are very, very much in charge and in power. I think that there's definitely a, I think that is definitely contingent, but just to um, asterisk any of our listeners who do like this, who don't feel like they have, you don't have to have a problem to want this or like this. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't implying that. I'm just saying. Just like, to be super clear, just in case people yes. are like, oh, I like that. I'm gonna yeah, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like the representation of it, I would say, maybe just like in the media. Yes. Is that is who that appeals to. So I think that, yeah, it's an interesting choice because I don't really get that sense with this guy in this arc. He seems right. like just a great, Normal guy. sweet guy. Yeah, who happens to have this like alter ego in bed. Yeah, I feel like I could handle that once in a while if we were like role playing and if someone was like spanking sure, me or something. Sure. Yeah, I think like a dirty girl or a naughty girl, that could be fun like once in a while. Almost anything is okay once in a while, mm. but if it has to be every time. That's when to me it starts feeling like sex is less about a connected experience between us and I'm just like this receptacle yes, for your porn exactly, fantasies. Exactly. And yeah, I think the interesting thing in the way they wrote this character is that it's not a conscious choice. He does it subconsciously. He doesn't he literally is blacking out That's when he comes crazy. and saying all of these vile things and yeah. you're like Oh, that I to me that must be based That's on deeper than some something happened to one of the writers because I don't even know where you would start to write that storyline. That's line. true. That's interesting. Well, let us know if you like being called crazy names or if it turns you on to call people crazy names. Mm-hmm. It's never happened to me, but I'm open to it. And I feel like almost anything could be hot as a sprinkling, as and long I, as it's not the base of the cake. Yeah, and I also think I think you made a really great point that it's like. It's to me, it is not so much what he's saying or the names he's saying. It's more of the disconnection 
of just being like, this is what I like in bed. Like, regardless of what works for Charlotte. It's just like, yeah, this is what, there's like sort of a blind confidence that really irritates me in that. I totally agree, and I hear There's what you're an arrogance. saying. Yeah, because it's not like I'm reading the room. I can sense that she wants. He's this, not so even I'm having sex with her. He's like in his own zone. Yeah, that's the worst. It could be kind anyone's of sex. vagina. That's the worst. That's kind of why sex. it's upsetting. Yeah, because he's not. And the thing is, you should experiment in sex with your partners. But sometimes, if you're going to go do something extreme, it's better to talk about it first and say, "Would it turn you on?" If yeah, kind of like that's totally different. Yeah, we're just. I think it's again. It's just, there is an element of like. Yeah, it's just very dismissive of your partner to take any big swings personally. Yeah, I like, think so too. I think it's strange to just be like, yeah, you like like when I choke you. It's like, well, maybe, but it's odd that that's not more of a discussion. Literally, as f- just not to go too off topic, but like you just said choking, like somebody, an ex-boyfriend once like gently touched my neck and I was like... <coughs> I was like, don't ever even no, get very near scary. there. I don't like anything. I have a friend who was choked and it traumatized her for years. Aww, yeah, she thought she so was going to die. Scary. Oh my she God. had like problems for a couple of years after that. Oh my God. Yeah, it was awful. Wow. Okay, well. Okay. Back into the app. Back at Carrie's hallway, she and Aiden get another one of their classic makeouts in. When Carrie tries yet again to get him to come inside, he makes up another excuse. Frustrated, she heads in, and he finally comes clean. He does want to sleep with her, just not yet. He wants to do this crazy thing where he gets to know her first. Aww. It's such a funny, jaded twist that, like, these women are so jaded that, like, a guy liking them is like, what the fuck is yeah, wrong with it's him? it's, like, disgusting. <laughs> Carrie catches up with Miranda to talk about this whole crazy romance business, but Miranda's got news of her own. She's got chlamydia. There's no telling who gave it to her, so she has to put her whole list of past flings together and call them up and be like, hey, did you give me the clap? Charlotte heads to dinner with Alexander. His habit of yelling whore mid-sex looms over the whole thing, and dinner's all sorts of awkward. She eventually builds up the courage to address it. But Alex, it seems, suffers from sex amnesia. He is truly sorry, but he has no memory of what he said. Only later when they're having sex, he says it again. When Charlotte calls it out, he feels terrible. He's not that kind of guy. He promises he feels so bad, almost like he was possessed or something and he couldn't control himself. Miranda and Steve, meanwhile, have the classic chlamydia talk. Mm. Steve, mm-hmm. can we not... What? I'm just getting started here. I'm only at the neck. Maybe you change your mind when I'm down around the elbows. Ugh. <laughs> I can't tonight. I have chlamydia. It's like the grossest scene. <laughs> the sound is really disgusting. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds like a problem. Chlamydia, Steve. Steve, come on. <laughs> You're a bartender and you don't know deal. what chlamydia it's is. It's just a sexually transmitted disease. And I might have given it to you or you might have given it to me. Ba-boom. Look, either way, you should probably get tested. Uh, I'm afraid of doctors. I don't even have one anymore. Well, go to the free clinic. Whatever. Well, what's going to happen to me? I mean, does it hurt when you pee or something? No. Men are just carriers. There aren't any symptoms at all. Then why do I need to know? <laughs> because if you don't get treated, you could pass it on to other people. But you're my only other person, and you already have it. Yeah, but see, if you've got it, we'll just keep passing it back and forth. Plus, I'd rather not sleep with you until this thing is out of my body and I've got six more days of antibiotics. So, would you please just go take care of it? 
Let's go. Get it over with. Mm. First I of mean, all, Steve, you know what chlamydia is. Steve, You're, I mean, this is like a... Now that I'm listening to this just sort of, you know, isolated clip... <laughs> this is like a breakup-worthy conversation. Like, you don't know what chlamydia is. You've really dialed up your, like, hey, like that whole, like, Like, I know you're from Brooklyn, Philly, but, like, where Philly yeah, people Philly, know what Brooklyn. chlamydia is. Yeah, it's just, like, a, I feel like Steve is, like, too much, too Steve, honestly. It's too much, too, too much Steve. Yeah, and that conversation, you're like, I know Steve didn't, like, necessarily go to an Ivy League, but he's not, like. I mean, where, yeah. How, how he's not. You're a bartender. <laughs> You're, you should be fluent in the different types of alcohol and mixers and STDs. Like, those are the things you need to know. That's exactly true. Also, like, I know he's, like, laid back and not uptight. But, like, to hear that you have an STD and be like, I don't want to go to the doctor. <laughs> like, you're like, you have to. You have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> the listeners, if you could have seen Rose's face prepping for that impression. I mean, she really, that was it very. Was full body. Yeah, that was, like, Lee Strasberg level acting Thank there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. He was not phased in a. I mean, it was kind of sweet how little he cared. Also, it's kind of funny that, like, Steve is such a funny character. He is so in love with Miranda yeah. that even finding out that she has chlamydia, it's like he manages to turn into a romantic moment to be like, I'm never, ever going to be with anyone else. I know. So then, like, I let's know. just, like, like, maybe chlamydia will just be, like, our thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the tie that binds. Yeah. I mean... Anyway, and also like when she's like, "Well, you're a carrier," he's like, "Well, I don't got any symptoms, so it doesn't matter to me." Talking like like you're from Luigi and Mario video game. Giving someone an STD is bad, like just because it doesn't affect you. Oh, anyways, um, oh, the characters are so extreme in this thing because it's like Miranda's uptight, Steve is laid back. They make him so laid back that you're just like chlamydia, chlamydia. Who wants a pizza? Like. Sounds like a pizza topping. It's like so silly. Oh my god, it's so true. It's amazing. Uh, also, it's, oh, this—I no. don't know if you felt this way, but Tell like me. when I was in my twenties, like especially my early twenties, I always thought I had an STD, and I never did. I, I always, had HPV. You did? Mm-hmm. Or do? Did? I did. I think How it goes that? away. Mine With, went away. Yeah. I always thought it like I was so and I, I'm not saying that like in a like I was always like fucked up down there. I literally was always afraid of having an STD. I had so much fear about it. I mean, I swore I had AIDS at one mm. point. I should I, have been a lot more I went more to the doctor fearful. and was like, I, I think I have AIDS. They're like, how many people have you slept with? I'm like three. And they're like, OK, like probably not. But we'll test you. They I wasn't actually, worried. I was so worried I had a, all the time. And I talk to a lot of people and they say that. They're like, in your 20s, like, really? you're just kind of, yeah, if you have like any kind of like rash or an, anything, you always are like, oh, well, this is it. I'm going to die. And then you start to just realize like, maybe it was hormones. Maybe, you know, like there are so many other things that can cause those symptoms. Right. And then, you, yeah, anyways, I've majorly chilled out, but I remember feeling that way a lot. I think I have a very relaxed attitude about STDs because I feel like, as long as it's not AIDS, it can't really kill you. And as long as you're on it, I don't have any, I don't think, because I only had HPV and then it went away. But like I had a boyfriend who had, you know, another thing that was interesting about this um, 
clip is how calm they both were. Yeah. Because in real life, people are not calm when no. they admit that they have an STD. Because I had an ex who was so terrified to tell mm. me that he had herpes. Mm. And when he did, I thought he was breaking up He with mm. me. He was like, I have something to tell you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to tell you this. And I was like, oh, my God, what? And he's like, oh, I just. Oh. And I was like really scared. I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, I have herpes. That's I was like, oh. And I felt fine about it. He's like, you can't get it unless I have a breakout. Yeah. And he, he only got breakouts on his stomach. <laughs> so he's like, if I ever have a breakout, I can just put a bandage on it and then keep my shirt on. Wow. And then I made him get on Valtrex, which makes it nearly impossible to yes. transmit. So we didn't even use condoms, but he was on Valtrex and I never got it. But he was really scared to tell me. Yeah. So it just kind of goes to show how comfortable she is in the relationship that she just like knew it wasn't going to be... Yeah. Well, also with her- herpes is like hyper-stigmatized, whereas chlamydia... Chlamydia, I mean... Chlamydia is... There, well, there's a pill that you can take to make it go away. It's bacterial. Oh. Yeah. So I think like... Yeah, herpes, you have the rest of your life. Yeah. And also, yes. And also it is stigmatized. Like you hear jokes about it all the time. It's like, right. ugh, you have herpes. Like, right. And then there are a couple of comedians who have herpes and they have very, very, very funny jokes about it. And I'm like, well, that's definitely one upside. It's <laughs> like you got great Material. material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just feel like because of all of even people, I mean, as a as a woman who sleeps with straight men, it's not doesn't affect me quite as much. But like even my gay male friends, it's like with all this great like Truvada, it's like everything is just seems so much more manageable now. Agree. Not to be like no, not to a minimize PSA it. To, no, I know to what you not mean. Wear condoms or anything. Right. No, but I mean, it's that is true. I mean, when we were growing up, like AIDS literally was You're like, gonna die. yeah, like get ready to die. Same Whereas with HIV. Now, yeah, exactly. So now it's much better. Yes, absolutely. And plenty of people live healthy lives with it. So, yeah, I kind of just think that like the tone of this conversation is just really indicative of how close they are, because it's like she's not scared. There was no fear for her to tell him. Yeah. He handled it fine. I don't know. It's it's like an ideal conversation. And to I have. also love there is something there's something here that sort of highlights Steve's sort of woke attitude when it comes to like Miranda and her amount of partners. Like he is so non-judgmental. Yeah, totally. He, he, yeah, he's just so on board. It doesn't. There are a lot of things. He's unflappable. Yeah, and by the way, you like that is how he, that's how you want men to but be. Not but not everybody's like but, that. And especially at the time this was written, I feel like Steve is kind of ahead of the curve in that way. He's very, very just like there's no slut shaming. Like he gets it. You might have had an STD. You might have, like, he just doesn't care. He's like, well, all that matters is you and me and we're together. Like, who cares? I mean, yes to everything. And we've said it once. We'll say it again. He's the best guy on the show. Absolutely. They all should be so lucky. I know. So as Miranda gets to work on her list of ex-hookups, Steve gets to work on getting his penis swabbed by a very matter-of-fact doctor. And back with Samantha, she's still getting the third degree from her judgy-ass neighbors. They've all decided her active sex life, elevator foreplay, and now letting a robber into the building are just too much. Sam is on the building's shit list. As Miranda takes her tour through her sexual past, she calls up the agro attorney David from a few episodes ago. He doesn't really want to hear from Miranda at first, but he does confirm one thing. He knows what chlamydia is. Well, two things. He's also had it. After a little yelling, they hang up on each other. 
And Aiden and Carrie have another hangout. Are they just friends? Are they something more? Nothing really gets resolved, but he does put a sexy bubble bath together for her, then tries to leave her and let her soak in the tub alone. What the hell are these gestures, Aiden? Carrie does convince him to stay and share some suds, but yet again, they don't sleep together. That's fucking bizarre. Ugh, I hated it. Samantha has one last showdown with her neighbors, including the semi-blind robbery victim she calls carrie to discuss but her mind's made up she has to move charlotte and alexander give sleeping together one more try but something's wrong he doesn't want to come for fear of yelling obscenities again which has the unfortunate side effect of him not coming at all when charlotte finally gives in and just lets him rip with his bitches and his whores things are over for them that was a funny scene post clinic steve and miranda have one last chlamydia check-in steve it's my fault I'm the one with the disease. I'm a big, dirty, diseased whore. Hey, it's my girlfriend you're talking about. Oh, no. Yeah, well, you know what? I had to make a list of all the guys I've slept with, and uh, it's not short. How not short? It's... No, I can't tell you. I've never told anybody my number. What? I'm just curious. You promise you won't judge me? Look who you're talking to. I spend a day at the free clinic. <laughs> okay, it's like about 42. 42? That, that's not so bad. That's too many. No, it, it, it's, it's fine. What's your number? No. Oh, I'm not oh telling God. you. Come on! No, it's embarrassing. I've had enough embarrassment for one week. What is it? Ten. Higher. Sixty. Higher. Higher than sixty? A lot higher? <laughs> hey, I'm a bartender and I'm cute. They're so fucking cute. They're so cute. Even just hearing that just like filled my heart with glee. Yeah. They're so good together. Yeah, they're so good together. Yeah. I love him. I know. And they're just very present. I There's something so lovely about the fact that like neither of them forced the other one to apologize for anything that happened before the two of them got together. Like they're they're just very mature. Even Steve with his like, you know, goofiness. I know. Oh, Miranda. Like. He's still he's a pretty mature dude. Like he's just kind of he's, he's totally apologetic. He's yeah, goals. They're, they both are. They're both just kind of like, this is who I am. It's so crazy that it's just a TV show because it does feel kind of like the best couple I know. Yeah. And they're so different, which is so adorable. I love how. Refi- I mean, she's not she's not pretentious, but she's refined she's and she's very highly educated. educated. Yeah. And then it's like she just is with a just he's just. He's just right for her. Like it's a very opposite attract. It, it's exactly. I have. I would say. I would say they share the same emotional intelligence. Yeah, and and it's like, um, you know, when you're younger, you have all these ideas of who you should be with, right. and this is what a real relationship is, which is all that goes out the door. I'm sure Miranda thought she'd be with like another lawyer or somebody really highly educated Absolutely. who makes a ton of money, but what she needs is a guy like Steve, who's loving, available, Supportive. committed, non-judgmental. Yep worships her proud of her Ugh, it's amazing it's a dream what do you think about the whole number thing and like knowing your number what's your whole vibe on that uh i've never cared about that 
I've, I would only care about it in an STD capacity. Like if it sort of indicated that maybe they, if it somehow led to a conversation about how they, they are not the most hygienic and they haven't been tested. That's the only way that would bother me. But just to know how many people someone slept with, I don't think I would care that much. At least not at this age. I think in my 20s I would have cared. Yeah, I think as long as somebody hasn't, as long as somebody hasn't like slept with like 400 women or something obscene mm-hmm. that's like belies a problem. I think it's more how many people have you dated. That's where I go. Like if you've really, if I've been with a guy who's had like a ton of relationships, that is more of a red flag to me than someone who's had a ton of sex. It's none of my business. I kind of, you know, well, I guess maybe it would be oh, if I was seeing somebody. Y- yeah. But yeah, because it, it it's not like a sweeping judgment. It would just be if I were to date someone and they had a bunch of like, if they were like super, super serial monogamist, it might worry me a little. I would be worried if I was dating a guy who had slept with a hundred women. That would worry me. Yeah, That's a lot of women. It. Yeah. You know what it would make me think? It would make me wonder if they were like a faithful person. Right. Because there's nothing wrong with doing anything. Do whatever you want. But if you're sleeping with so many people, Mm -hmm. it would have to indicate that you're not in a relationship. You have to be single to be doing all that. Or you're cheating. Like, Yeah, I guess... Yeah, I guess it would depend. Maybe if I you had know. like, maybe if you were a touring musician in your twenties or something. That's what I'm saying. I think it it would have to depend on the circumstances. But I know what you mean. I mean, I'd like to say I wouldn't be judgmental, but I think if somebody had slept with tons, like a Warren Beatty amount of women, it mm-hmm. would concern me. Yeah, I think you would need to have more information. I yeah. think what I'm saying is the number alone is not the thing that would sort of make me perk up and want to know more. It would just be like I need. I need more information. Yeah. And also, like, if in your 20s you went to a concert and picked someone up and had random sex, it's like, it doesn't really also, matter. Like, in New York City, especially where the show takes place, it's just like people are sleeping around. Yeah. Or like even like abroad, even like when I was in London, I felt like people, there's a lot of just like making out in clubs and like picking people up. And it was just kind of like part of the scene there. I mm. felt like with young people on on both sides, men and women. There was kind of like a freedom I noticed in the nightlife there. This is again when I was like in my mid twenties, so I don't know. I think that it could mean it could mean oh, there's something deeper going on, or it could just mean it was like a crazy time in your life. Yeah, I um, have never counted, and I'm never going to because I don't care. I I think you stop counting. Yeah, unless- my, when I was like maybe early twenties, I would. I guess I would count, but again, that's when the show was that's like around the time of the show and I feel like it was more of a conversation I feel like maybe we're moving away from that conversation the only way that you would know your number is if you've never had casual sex if you've only had relationship sex because then you know who you have but if you have then it's just harder yeah and there is sort of a slut shaming element tied to knowing your number yeah self self slut shaming yeah exactly I agree I I don't think it's useful I've never thought to do it no yeah again it would only be if it tied to like are you healthy (laughs) do you get tested like are you responsible exactly yeah Skylar has an important question before we move on I just wanted to say before we moved on this scene has one of my favorite little pieces of design uh, in like any episode I've seen so far where Steve is reading an aquarium (laughs) owner's guide And I, I had like so many quite like oh is he an aspirational God. aquarium owner? Like 
I've never seen him with an aquarium. And they like, never get a fish. Spoiler alert. The two of them never get a fish together. His, I didn't notice that. You are a very attentive uh, television watcher. That's a watcher. very funny detail, I loved it. His, And I, I 100% you needed to bring that up. His I mean, casual reading That's so home. funny. It's also so funny to like just hobby read it knowing it you're never going to have It must have been in the one. writer's room and they're like, we got to put this in. No one's going to notice. Yeah, it's like, it's like a joke. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, okay, Rose, guys. close this out. So Aiden and Carrie have yet... Okay, before we go on, I just have to say, I totally think it's cool and romantic that Aiden wants to wait to have sex, um, but making someone a bubble bath... It's, it's infuriating. ...is so it's a blue ballsy and mean, and like you know she's horny. I hate it. I think it's so cruel. Yeah, I thought it was fucked oh, up. Oh, it's disgusting. Okay, so Aiden and Carrie have yet another hallway makeout, but guys, this is it. This is the hallway makeout where they finally sleep together. They have a nice, meaningful night and close on a sweet note. The episode ends with Samantha getting away from her uptight neighbors and moving into the meatpacking district where her lifestyle can finally be appreciated. Which leads us to the question of the episode. If you're a 30-something woman living in Manhattan and you refuse to settle and you're sexually active, it's inevitable that you'll rack up a certain number of partners. But how many men is too many men? Are we simply romantically challenged or are we sluts? It's a great question. Yeah, it's really great. I think that the word slut should just be taken back. I agree. And so that you could be both. You can be a romantically challenged slut. Absolutely. Own it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think, yeah, and also... Maybe you go through periods where you're sluttier and maybe then you get locked up in a relationship and then maybe the relationship ends and you're back to slutty. Like, it doesn't really matter. It's just part of being an adult and making your own choices for yourself. Yeah, and like slut is a slur to put women down, but if you just take it back. It's such a great word. Yeah. Uh, with that hard T. Slut. Slut. It's, it's also so fun to have a little slut phase. It's fun to be a little cheeky hoe for a little bit. Absolutely. Just, you know. Live your life. Exactly. Okay, this brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Thanks for asking, Jamie. Oh, sure. No probs. So before I went to Vietnam, I took a little four-day trip to Sedona. Mm. And I had a great time, but my lower back, which goes out every once in a while, went out. So I had a really bad back pain. Yeah, it happens a lot, so I'm kind of used to it. And what I always do is I get acupuncture. So I was in Sedona. It's like if you have never been, it's the best place to get acupuncture. It's the most hippie place. So there's like Reiki and tarot and it's the best place to get any kind of new age thing. So I looked online. I found a great guy. I got awesome acupuncture, but he also does nutrition. And he looked at me and he said, you have dark circles under your eyes. He said, are you often tired? And I said, yes. And he said, do you get sick a lot? And I said, yes. And he said, okay. So he prescribed these herbs and he's like, I recommend a traditional Chinese medicine diet. Hmm. He said, you should be eating meat at every single meal, breakfast, Hmm. lunch, and dinner. It doesn't have to be red meat. It doesn't have to be steak, chicken, fish, turkey, whatever, but you need to be eating meat, animal products Hmm. at every meal. He said, no salads, no juice. All the greens you eat should be cooked, cooked greens, cooked kale. Hmm. Um, And, you know, just try and stay away from starch and carbs and all this stuff. And I've been doing it and I've been feeling amazing. And I looked online at like cooked food, Chinese medicine, and the theory behind this like thousands of years practice is that 
Digestion happens in your stomach and it happens at high temperature. So it has to be hot in your stomach to digest. So there's nothing bad or unhealthy about juice or salad, but it's cold. So to digest it, your body has to first like heat it up. So if you eat food that's already hot, your body doesn't have to work as hard. It's just less work for that's you. So interesting. Yeah, and so is this that is the a, Ayurvedic. Is that what? That no, is? it's Chinese. Okay, okay this is okay. traditional Chinese. Okay, and so what what might be good for me may not be good for you. But I do get sick easily. I do have a weak immune system. I do get tired easily, and so I'm really excited about all of this. And he gave me these herbs and I took them all throughout um, Vietnam and Cambodia. I didn't get sick once. I've been continuing to take them and I'm continuing on my Chinese medicine diet. And listen, I still have a salad once in a while or a juice for fun. And it's not like a hundred percent, but something to be, it's something to be conscious about. Yeah. And I kind of just like love learning about this stuff and like, so interesting. It's just kind of cool. And listen, obviously anybody who's interested in nutrition, um, there's a thousand different ways to eat and everyone will tell you something different. So I'm just relaying what I thought was really cool and interesting for me. It doesn't mean it's right for you, but I'm excited about kind of giving it a whirl. Yeah, I love that. And what are you horny for, Jamie? Um, I'm horny for a quote that Tyra Banks said on a podcast. Yes. Uh, The quote was different. Being different is better than being better. And I thought that was such a nice piece of advice because I think that I think that in 2020, I really would like to try and just like stop apologizing for like my thoughts and my feelings on things and my opinions and like kind of just relax a little bit and know that like what separates me from someone else. It isn't a bad thing. It's not going against the grain. And if it is going against the grain, then that's important because there's something radical about that. And I think it's something that can help everybody. I think it's like just basically encouraging everybody to live less apologetically. So that I love would be it. my mantra for the new year. Well, James. Yeah. Great to see you. Great to see you. We're Bye, all travelers everybody. back in action. Yes. Okay. Bye, we guys. Will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.